0: CHAPTER ONE OF THE HISTORY OF MISS BETSY THOUGHTLESS, VOLUME THREE. THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING. ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. FOR MORE INFORMATION OR TO VOLUNTEER, PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG. RECORDING BY MICHELLE EATON. THE HISTORY OF MISS BETSY THOUGHTLESS, VOLUME THREE BY ELIZA HAYWOOD. CHAPTER ONE. Relates only to such things as the reader may reasonably expect would happen. As much taken up as Miss Betsy was, with the pleasure of having gained a new admirer, she could not forbear, after she came home, making some reflection on the value of her conquest. She had found nothing agreeable, either in his person or conversation. The first seemed to her stiff and awkward, and looked as if not made for his clothes the latter weak, romantic, and bombast. In fine, he was altogether such as she could not think of living with as a husband, though the rank and figure she was told he held in the world made her willing to receive him as a lover. In fine, though she could not consent to sacrifice herself to his quality, she took a pride to sacrifice his quality to her vanity. No overtures of marriage having been made to her since Mr. Munden began his courtship and that gentleman growing as she fancied at least a little too presuming on finding himself the only lover she was not a little pleased at the opportunity of giving him a rival whose quality might overawe his hopes in this idea she was far from repenting her behaviour towards him the night before but how little soever she regarded what mortification she gave the men she always took care to treat her own sex with a great deal of politeness and reflecting that she had been guilty of an omission in not sending her servant to excuse herself to the ladies who expected her went herself in the morning to make her own apology in the meantime mr munden who it is certain was very much out of humour and impatient to let her know some part of the sentiments her message had inspired him with came to make her a morning visit having some business which he knew would detain him from waiting on her in the afternoon On finding she was abroad, he desired the maid to favour him with her lady's standish, which she accordingly bringing to him. He sat down, and without taking much consideration, wrote the following letter and left for her on the table. To Miss Betsy Thoughtless. Madam, amidst the enchanting encouragement with which you have been pleased to admit my services, I could not, without calling your honour and generosity in question, be altogether void of hope that you intended to afford them one day a recompense more ample than a bare acceptance judge then of my surprise at the repulse i met with at mrs Mowley's door i could not think it any breach of the respect i owe you to call on you at the house of your mantua maker i could not imagine it possible for you to have any engagements at such a place capable of preventing you from keeping those that you had made with persons for whom you profess an esteem on the contrary i rather expected you would have permitted me to conduct you thence with the same readiness you have done from most of the other places where you have been since i first had the honour of being acquainted with you i know very well that it is the duty of every lover to submit in all things to the pleasure of the beautiful object whose chains he wears yet madam As you have hitherto made mine easy, you must pardon me when I say this sudden transition from gentleness to cruelty appears to me to contain a mystery, which though I dread, I am distracted for the explanation of. Some business of great moment prevents my waiting on you this afternoon, but shall attend your commands to-morrow at the usual hour, when I still flatter myself you will relieve the anxieties and put an end to the suspense of him who is, with the greatest sincerity of heart madam your most humble and most faithfully devoted servant g munden miss Betsy, at her return home found also another billet directed for her which they told her had been brought by a servant belonging to sir frederick finia she gave that from mr munden however the preference of reading first not indeed through choice but chance that happening to be first put into her hands as soon as she had looked it over she laughed and said to herself the poor man is jealous already though he knows not of whom or why what will become of him when he shall be convinced i suppose he was sure of having me and tis high time to mortify his vanity she then proceeded to sir frederick's epistle in which she found herself more defied than ever she had been by all her lovers put together to the non of her sex the incomparable miss betsy thoughtless divine charmer though i designed myself the inexpressible pleasure of kissing your fair hands this evening i could not exist till then without telling you how much i adore you you are the empress of my heart the goddess of my soul the one loves you with the most loyal and obedient passion the other regards you as the sole mover and director of all its emotions i cannot live without you it is you alone can make me blessed or miserable Oh, then pronounce my doom and keep me not suspended between heaven and hell words cannot describe the ardency of my flame it is actions only that can do it i lay myself and all that i am worth an humble offering at your feet accept it i beseech you but accept it soon for i consume away in the fire of my impatient wishes and in a very short time there will be nothing left for you but the shadow of the man who is with the most pure devotion madam your beauty's slave and everlasting adorer f good luck! cried miss betsy he is in a great haste too but i fancy he must wait a while as many of better sense have done what a romantic jargon is here one would think he had been consulting all the ballads since fair rosamond and the children in the wood for fine phrases to melt me into pity she wondered as indeed she had good reason that a man of his birth and who it must be supposed had an education suitable to it should express himself in such odd terms but then she was tempted to imagine that it was only his over-care to please her had made him stretch his wit beyond its natural extent and that if he had loved her less he would have been able to have told her so in a much better style possessed with this fancy what a ridiculous thing this love is, said she. What extravagances does it sometimes make men guilty of? Yet one never sees this madness in them after they become husbands. If I were to marry Sir Frederick, I do not doubt but he would soon recover his senses. How does a mind unbroke with cares and disappointments, entirely free from passion and perfectly at peace with itself and with the world, improve and dwell on everything that affords the least matter for its entertainment? this gay young lady found as much diversion in anticipating the innocent pranks she intended to play with the authors of these two letters as an infant does in first playing with a new baby and afterwards plucking it to pieces so true is the observation of the poet that all are but children of a larger growth but this sprightliness of humour in miss betsy soon received a sad and sudden interruption having sent as she constantly did every day to enquire after the health of Mr. Goodman. Her servant returned with an account that he had expired that morning. Though this was an event which she, and all who knew him, had expected for some time, yet could she not be told of the death of a gentleman under whose care and protection she so long had been, and who had behaved in all respects so like a parent towards her, without being very deeply affected with the news? she was then at dinner but threw down her knife and fork rose from the table and retired to her chamber and wept bitterly the more violent emotions of grief were soon assuaged when her melancholy and dejection of spirits continued much longer and while it did so she had the power of making the most just reflections on the vain pursuits the fleeting pleasures and all the noise and hurry of the giddy world love and all the impertinences which bear that name, now appeared only worthy her contempt, and recollecting that Sir Frederick had mentioned visiting her that evening, she sent a servant immediately to Mrs. Mowdley's, deferring her to acquaint that gentleman that she had just lost a very dear friend, and was in too much affliction to admit of any company. This being the day on which Mr. Francis Thoughtless was expected to be in London, this affectionate sister perceiving by his last letter to her that his health was not perfectly established was under a very great concern lest he should be put to some inconvenience by mr goodman's death for a proper lodging on his first arrival but she soon found her tender fears on this occasion altogether groundless those objections which had hindered mr thomas thoughtless from taking her into his family had not the same weight in relation to mr francis whose sex set him above meddling with those domestic concerns, the command of which he had given to another, and his reputation would suffer nothing by being under the roof with the mistress of his brother's amorous inclinations. He went to the inn where he knew the blank stage put up, welcomed Mr. Francis with open arms, as soon as he alighted from the coach, and gave him all the demonstrations of brotherly affection that the place they were in would admit of, then conducted him to his house and insisted that he should not think of any other home till he was better provided for and settled in the world a servant belonging to the elder mr thoughtless was immediately dispatched to miss Betsy with a letter from the younger and it was from this man that she received the agreeable intelligence that the two brothers were together the terms in which mr francis wrote to her were these to miss Betsy thoughtless my dear sister heaven be thanked i am at last got safe to london a place which i assure you some months ago i almost despaired of ever seeing more my brother has just given me an account of the death of honest mr goodman and as i doubt not but you are very much concerned as indeed we all have reason to be for the loss of so sincere and valuable a friend i am very impatient to see you and give you what consolation is in my power but the fatigue of my journey after so long an illness, requires my taking some immediate repose. I shall, however, wait on you tomorrow morning, till when, believe me as ever, with the greatest sincerity, dear sister, your affectionate brother and humble servant, F. Thoughtless. P.S. My brother purposes to come with me, but if anything should happen to prevent his visit, you may depend on one from me. Once more, my dear sister, good night in the present situation of miss betsy's mind she could not have received a more sensible satisfaction than what she felt on this young gentleman's arrival but what ensued upon it will in due time and place appear chapter one